Bonjour and welcome to Meet Us in Paris. It's the podcast about all things travel, be it food, what to pack for your next trip or your next exotic destination. And hide the children, lock the doors, because I'm Tanya and I'm back better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, Tanya. Wow. <laughs> we missed you. Uh, Thank you. It's fun to be here. And as you heard, that was Kristen and Zen. So for my triumphant return, we will be taking you on a journey outside of Paris, the city of lights, to explore the hidden gems and breathtaking scenery of the surrounding regions. From charming medieval towns to impressive castles, our daters will introduce you to the rich history, culture, and maybe the gastronomy of France. I don't know, because Zen and Kristen are keeping their topics a secret from me. So... (laughs) Come with us as we venture beyond the borders of the capital and discover the beauty and diversity of this magnificent country. But after our sponsor break, right? Oh, yeah. After our sponsor break, Zen, yes. (laughs) (laughs) When you look back upon your life and you see all the things you achieved, certainly none of them started with inaction. And when you're planning for your next career journey... Find us, the University of California, Irvine. We've over 80 convenient online certificates to help you navigate the future, and we're the perfect Sherpa for your next big adventure. Find us at ce.uci.edu. Oh, we should make you go first, Tanya, because Kristen and I have been doing this for the last couple of weeks without you. (laughs) Oh, of course. Okay, I'll start. You've been told to go. With yeah, yours. So, okay. So you then, yeah, you got it. So here I go. Um, so you, do you want me to just do, um, just, I'll just start. Uh, so something that I, when we decided to pick on the topic, just like the topic, uh, I remember David Sedaris, who's an author and um, essayist, who's quite funny. And, um, and he lived in Paris for 10 years. So he has all kinds of strange stories about it. So my little kind of information about it is his idea of I'm not going to show you the great you know touristy things in Paris or outside of Paris I'm going to tell you these unusual things that I think you should do so since it is out the kind of the outskirts I'll start with that and one of the things he really likes to to um to have people go to is well actually I looked it up and it's long no longer there but because he lived there a while back now he's in london but twice a year there's a flea market that's called marché du jambon which is the the market of ham <laughs> so it's a ham market and big antique show so hams and antiques why not go so that was something he he did but then you i come to find out it's after covid and all that it's it's not around but the next best kind of neighbor is uh, twice a year, they have a really important antique and collectible fair called um, at the Foire de Chanteau Antique Fair, which I'm killing the accent. <laughs> and it's in the Isle of Impressionists, the Isle of Impressionists as painted by Renoir in an outskirts of Paris called Chateau. And what it is, it's um, 35,000 visitors over 12 days of rummaging and wow. haggling. It's 10 euros. I know. I'm like, I just want to go just for that. You know, 10 euros a person and children are free. And there's 700 uh, vendors 
And it's wide alleys, an extraordinary mix of vendors and goods, whatever style of French antiques you can imagine you're going to find there. There's specialists in paintings, rugs, textiles, jewelry, and there's even like paneled rooms that are crumbling away if you want to buy that. (laughs) Um, And David Sideri said that this one was like, you'll have a blend of sublime and the ridiculous all in one. Um, What I thought was interesting is the event had a certified... um, by the quality label, antiquity quality. So there are, there's an expert on site available for visitors and exhibitors to kind of put the seal of approval on what you're buying. Um, and if anyone wants to go, March the 10th, it begins through March the 19th of this year. Um, and that'll be the 104th uh, fair wow. that they will have. I thought that was so cool. Have either one... Have either one of you gone to the store called Anthropology? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I yes, live. love that store. <laughs> My wife does too. Have you ever mm-hmm. noticed how much like antique French stuff they have? Yeah, no. I, I guess I have, but I didn't really pay attention to being if, an, when, agree, when, uh, French. Yeah, if you go around and you look at all the different items that they have in there, like sometimes they have bookshelves, they'll have whatever, and like cutting boards, or like sometimes they'll like be like all these old kitchen, uh, like a whole kitchen I've seen, and they're all from France. And I always wondered where they were from, and I wonder if it comes from your <gasps> from those flea market. I'm dying to go to yeah. this flea market. That is so yeah. cool and strange. Yeah. And it's so expensive uh-huh. to get in anthropology. Now it, it'd probably be cheaper to fly to France and buy it on your yeah, own yeah, and bring right. it back. <clears throat> yeah. you know, I was going to say, if you don't mind, I wanted to say one little tiny other thing about the outside, a different thing that um, David Sidera said. As you said, the store, there's a store called Monty Pricks. Pricks um, and it's a store kind of like a comparison to Target. And he says, and if you go to the outside, outskirts of Paris, it'll be better than the ones inside of Paris. Um, And it combines food, market, fashion, beauty, and home products, so everything. Um, But what you don't find at at, at Target is a deli counter, you know, a French deli counter. And then they have, like, throughout this, like, trademark humor. Like, um, French people don't say cheese, they eat it. And so they'll do like that kind of thing. It started in the 1930s um, after the Great Depression. And just recently, Amazon Prime started to deliver their, their food and beauty products abroad. So I just thought that was kind of fun. But he says if you go to the Paris stores, it's like kind of foo-foo. But if you go outside, it's a little bit more kind of down to earth. And what's the store called again? It's called M-O-N-I-P-R-I-X. Money Creeks. And it was, you know what it was um, after? It was after the American chain store Woolworth. That tells you everything about the kind yeah. of stuff. Huh. <laughs> it's just funny. So that's that's the kind of stuff that David Sedaris suggests to do in Paris. And I'm sure you both will have much higher end adventure for us. <laughs> I don't know. I really admire David Sedaris. I would do what he recommends. Right? Yeah. Okay, good. I would totally do it too. Okay. All right. That's me. Okay, well, I'm really into getting outside of the city. Um, to me, I've, I I feel kind of cheated if I go somewhere and I never really leave the inner city of where I'm going. It just feels like you didn't get a full taste. Not that 
getting 10 minutes outside of it really gives you the full experience. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, when I studied abroad, I did not want to go to a big city that I was like adamant that wherever I would go would be like a lesser known city, um, which is why I chose Bordeaux rather than Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, um, I studied French and everything from high school and I am so fascinated with Joan of Arc. Um, And people probably know that she is known as the Maid of Orleans. And um, that's because she was from the city of Orleans, as you might recognize it as. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is just outside of Paris. And it's somewhere you can get to um, in like two hours, a little under two hours with some of the um, public transportation that they have out of Paris. And to me, it's like, it's close enough to Paris that you could just go there in a day and see something else outside of there, see a different city um, and make it back to Paris, um, you know, without having to like check out of your hotel and go somewhere else or anything like that. So um, not sure exactly how far it is, but a little under two hours away by like a train. Um, it's in the Loire Valley, uh, but it's not the part of the Loire Valley that's known for all the chateaus. So that's kind of a little separate area, but um, this city itself has like plenty to see. And I personally have always wanted to go because of Joan of Arc and they do have um, what's called the Maison de Jeanne d'Arc, which is a museum dedicated to her life and legacy, which includes exhibits on the war and her trial. Um, so I find that fascinating personally. Um, and the, the whole Loire Valley is actually classified as a world heritage site. Um, and Orleans is a center of the Orleans Metropole that has a population of just under 300,000. Um, it's got a beautiful river that runs nearby. I feel like every European city has some beautiful river that you're going to see, but um, there's a reason for that. Yeah, I'm sure the trade and the like boundaries. Yeah, they always start city. on the river because they move all the boats up and down the rivers. That's how right. cities typically right. started. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a city that is steeped in history and culture. It's famous for its associations with Joan of Arc. Um, and she was in the hundred years war, which I believe the 1400s. <laughs> I should know that. Um, but anyways, <laughs> um, it's home to an array of architectural gems, including the Gothic style Orleans Cathedral and the Hotel Croslo. Um, it's a Renaissance style mansion that once served as the seat of the Orleans Parliament. Um, visitors can also take a stroll through the charming streets of the city center, which is filled with traditional half-timbered houses, shops, and cafes. So I feel like you get like a good like medieval atmosphere there. Oh, that sounds it feels great. very like original France. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition to its historical and architectural offerings, it is a hub of French culture and cuisine. Um, the city is known for its food, particularly its local specialty, the andouillette sausage made with tripe and other meats. Um, of course, wherever you're in France, you can sample local wines, but the Loire Valley does have a good uh, sampling of them. And this city actually also has a very vibrant music and art scene. So one of the best times to visit is during the annual Fête uh, Johannique, which is a festival held in May to celebrate the liberation of the city by Joan of Arc. Um, The festival includes a parade, a medieval market, and the (laughs) reenactments of key battles. 
So that's so funny. Imagine here when if you like your dad's like a civil war reenactment, and in France it's like my dad reenacts Joan of Arc's war. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> for everyone. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So if you were to look at a map of France, you would see lots of nearby cities you could probably get to within a day. There's like Rheims, and um, you probably can make it up to Normandy um, and some other places. I personally am interested in Orléans because of Joan of Arc. So that's something that I looked up. And next time I'm there, I definitely want to make a priority to visit. But that's my take. <laughs> Kristen, is that something um, like you've always had kind of an interest in Joan of Arc? Once I learned about her, yes, I was like, what? I mean, here's, here's what like blew my mind. So most people know Joan of Arc because she dressed up as a man to help fight. And she, um, she told people, I I have voices of angels or God or some divine intervention telling her how to help lead the French to victory over the English, even though they were at like a disadvantage and they did end up winning thanks to her leadership. So that's already like, oh, interesting. Okay. She, when she goes to the ruler at the time of France was called the Dauphin. So kind of like the King. Uh And she's going to find him to tell him like, God is telling me to like, come to you and like lead the armies. And this is what you're supposed to do or whatever. So when they, they heard about her, they like kind of knew her story. When she comes to visit, they have another random man. Remember this is 1400s. There's no social media. She has no idea what he looks like. They have a different (laughs) man dress up as a Dauphin and sit in the throne when she enters. And she ignores him and immediately goes to the real Dauphin who was dressed in like peasant clothes, knowing that it was him and telling him God came me to told me to come talk to you. And that was just like, Whoa, this is the craziest story I feel like I've ever heard. And that like blew my mind beyond her just like dressing up as a man and all this other stuff. So I became fascinated with her and her whole story. And of course, you know, she's, she was a woman. She was young. She was like 14. It's just, I feel like that story doesn't get its fair due because it just blows my mind to think that that really you know, happened. Look so. at all that. That's awesome. I'm going to look into it. I love history. That sounds fun. Yeah. So mm. I'm surprised I haven't been to Orléans before because I'm really into it, but um, worth a visit in my opinion. Very nice. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Zen. So well, you're <clears throat> up to I, I picked like a, an obvious one, but I'm going to do it slightly <laughs> different. I picked the Palace of Versailles. Versailles. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It's located just outside of Paris, I, but I'm going to do more like trivia to encourage you to go. That is not trivia that you normally may not hear about Versailles. Oh, that's fun. Good. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, please. So first of all, um, it's about if you're taking a train, it's about, I don't know, about 40, 50 minutes outside of Paris. You know, it's a 10 minute walk from the actual um, from the uh, train station. <clears throat> um, but the Palace of Versailles, it was mm-hmm. built by Louis, the um, that was 14th, who was known as the Sun King. And here are some factoids you may not know. <clears throat> First of all, the Palace of Versailles was not always the palace. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was mm-hmm. a hunting lodge, and it was built by Louis the Thirteenth, um, just as a hunting lodge. Uh, number two, the Palace of Versailles is huge. It has over seven hundred rooms, sixty-seven staircases, three hundred fifty-two <laughs> fireplaces, and more than two thousand windows. Number wow. three, which may be interesting. Considering it has over 700 rooms, 67 staircases, 352 fireplaces, more than 2,000 windows, is that 
originally there's a lot of belief that there was there was actually no bathrooms in there. Well, and <laughs> you know I had to go down this route. Apparently yeah. back in the day they you would have they would have I don't know exactly. I've been trying to find out more information, but essentially they would have portalets <laughs> like a porta potty brought into the yeah. rooms or you would use the go into the hallway and use the toilet. And every so often everything would be cleaned out. It wasn't right. until much, much later, like 114 years later or something like that, that they installed bathrooms in there. Um, the most famous room, which you always see in lots of the movies, is the Hall of Mirrors. And it right. has 357 mirrors, and it was used for receptions, parties, and ceremonies. Uh, it has its own opera house. The Royal Opera House of Versailles, and it was built in 1770 and is still in use today. The Palace of Versailles was also the site of the signing of the Treaty of Versailles, which is very aptly named, unlike the 100 Year War, um, which was like 113, I think, or something like that. Okay, yeah, but that's a mouthful, the 113 Years War. Right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, How do you? All at that, and it got shortened to the Hundred Years' War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, they just rounded. <laughs> yeah, they rounded to the nearest hundred, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, um, so that's where they signed it in 1919, which ended World War One. Mm -hmm. Um, if you are a movie buff, Marie Antoinette was filmed there. Man in Iron Mask and Midnight in Paris was filmed there, amongst many other films. Um, they have a large collection of art including um pieces for rembrandt rubens and veronis veronis that's one i'm not familiar with um and the last of all is also famous for its hall of battles which displays a collection over 30 paintings and sculptures depicting french military victories from the 16th to the 19th century so not only you know, we actually discussed it in a different podcast, Versailles, um, probably the Paris one, but, um, you know, they got beautiful gardens, but these are some other interesting factoids that I think were just totally fun. Yeah, those are, I like that. You know, I can add another one. Um, Ooh, if you guys know or remember that the 2024 winter Olymp winter summer olympics are going to be held in paris and they just announced that there are going to be some events that take place at versailles i did not know that that's all this is worth watching just for that <laughs> i just useful this and apparently i mean i'm sure they have all these random factoids but it'll be like the first like royal palace that would be open to olympic events or something like that you know it had some something around it. But I was like, oh, that would be beautiful to go watch. I think there was going to be like maybe the horse dressage. Or I was going to say, it's wow. got to be like horses or something. Yeah. Like the gardens or something, I, I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be so great to see. Because it's, it's beautiful. I don't, has, have you guys been there? I have I, not. I have okay. Yeah, it's it's stunning like every which way you look. Like the outside gardens, in the inside architecture the hall of mirrors the like furniture everything so i can't wait yeah i have a, a paris trip due soon yeah <laughs> the, just the gardens are just absolutely crazy huge you could just spend yeah. the whole day in the gardens so i that's that was my favorite 
part of it is walking through the gardens. Even, yeah. I mean, the building's beautiful, but just to be in the gardens is just like, and they go on and on and on and on. And then there's some, there's always another corner to turn around and something else to see. And they have like, they, I think they're rest stops essentially, but like little tiny cafes that are hidden back there and you can have ice cream yeah. and stuff. So yeah. they're just measured so perfectly in landscaped, beautiful designs and statues. And it's like a fairy tale. And now that they have toilets, it's much better, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You don't have uh-huh. to. You know, apparently, I also read that lots of times what people would run out in the night and use the bathroom in the bushes. Uh-huh. Don't know if it's true. Well, yeah. no one, so, but that okay. makes sense. So, I yes. know. Um, and I know that um, Versailles is quite easily accessed from Paris. So, um, Paris has their metro, which, you know, equivalent kind of like our subway. And then they have their commuter rail, the RER, and that is yeah. connected to the metro. It is an extra different cost, but it's Tricky. all connected. You can easily, yes, you okay. can easily get to Versailles with their public transportation um, system. So that's, probably a, that's actually how I got there is the, yeah. um, the other rail system. So. During COVID, I was, you know, there were moments where we're bored and I went to the museum website and there's all kinds of tours like online. You can just see almost the whole thing. So I I feel like I've been there, but I haven't, but I did that. I just wanted to be part of the conversation. (laughs) I never thought of that. That's such a good idea. Mm -hmm. So it's really fun. And uh now I'm like, okay, I know exactly kind of, I don't remember anything right now, but (laughs) you can go there and um, it's in different languages and so forth. But I did that during COVID. You know, I actually actually, um, am on their mailing list. Of course you are, Zen. Versailles? You know, yeah, for Versailles. Because the thing is, like, every once in a while, I mean, I'm just... It just reminds me when I not there is just like, oh, they said, oh, we're having a new exhibit. It's like, that's cool. You know, so there's a lot of places that I'm on their mailing list. I don't know when I'm going to get back, but whenever the mail comes in, I'm I'm tickled. That's all. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. Uh, any uh, honorable mentions? Because I know. Just like you could take the RER south to Versailles, you could also take the RER east to Euro Disney, which is a very easy day trip that most people do from Paris. Oh. If, if I've that's done it. your tea. Yeah. <laughs> that's a popular well, one. Yeah, no, I haven't. Okay. All right. Yeah, but well. I want to go now. This makes me want to go back even more. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to our Paris Day Trips episode. We hope that you had as much fun as we did. What do you think? Contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more. Also, if you're newer to our podcast, be sure to listen to the podcast where we feature <laughs> Normandy with our friend Cliff, who tells us all about his adventures there. Meet Us in Paris is a University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. And thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs> <laughs>